program. Good to have you. Joe Michael Show. Continuing on. The rest of the NFL um, got a lot going on. As this is a big weekend in, in the NFL. As you've got a position for postseason happening. Some teams winning your in type of situation. Uh, bringing now our guy, Mark Schofield, SB Nation, joining us uh, over on the hotline. Mark, how you doing today? I'm doing well, Bill. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, now, we don't know, as uh, just uh, for the scheduling issues, we talked about this in the first hour of the program, the game between Cincinnati and Buffalo, they have not made a decision on. Um, and obviously that has some seating and playoff ramifications. They're trying to be as sensitive as they can to both sides, to the fan bases, to all teams involved. What do you think happens? I honestly don't know right now. I mean, I've seen some proposals floated around social media in the past, you know, couple of hours that maybe they push that game after the end of the season, right? So you have the week 18 games. Then you have sort of a week 19 where it's just that game. And then since you have this year a Super Bowl bye week, you do have a week to play with if you want to push things back a little bit. So you could do it that way. I've also seen a wilder proposal where you sort of do that, but you also start the NFC playoffs that same week. So we would have week 18. We'd have this week 19 with that Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals game, plus NFC playoffs. And then that would decide, because like you said, there are seated in divisional title ramifications with that Bills-Bengals game. So then you would have that game with the NFC playoffs. And then the next week you'd have AFC wildcard playoffs and a bye. So, I mean, these are all sort of proposals that are floating out there. I, I think what the league probably does is they have week 18 and they push it back. Maybe they have a week 19 and some of the playoff games start that week, whether it's NFC only or NFC, AFC, I don't know. But but they have to, I think, get that game played. I mean, there's also a, a, an opportunity or a scenario where they call it a no contest and just use sort of win percentage to decide the divisional ramifications and the seed ramifications from those games. Um, but they've got to figure this out, obviously, because the clock is ticking. We're now here on Wednesday. You know, we've got games set to start Saturday. The league has to sort of decide sooner rather than later what's going to happen. So uh, I'm, I'm looking at all of this, and uh, we obviously know that if the Kansas City Chiefs get a win, they're the top dog. Then what do you think is the is the the emphasis for that Cincinnati Chiefs or Cincinnati Buffalo game is it just for who comes in at number 2 you know at that point because we all know everybody's going to be playing that following weekend anyway so do you just wait and see what pans out this week and then make a decision i mean i think you can do it that way i mean i you know we've also got you know if the Bengals had won that game monday night they win the AFC north you know, because that's sort of yet to be decided. Now, maybe what they could say is, you know, the Bengals just need one win or a Ravens loss. And so maybe, you know, since those two teams play each other, they can see if the division gets decided that way. And you know, if the Bengals win, then they get say, all right, well, you know, the Bengals have won the North. Now, what becomes interesting is if suddenly the Bengals lose this game to the Ravens this weekend, then the Ravens could win the division if you get a loss for the Bengals against the Bills. And so there's that aspect to it, too. You know, it's, it's, you know, the top overall seed because Cincinnati, Kansas City, Buffalo all have a shot at getting the top overall seed, but it's also that AFC North aspect, too. 
I, uh, I in the NFC, we obviously you've got the Eagles this weekend making a determination whether or not Jalen Hurts is going to play. They need to get that top spot. You've got uh, whether or not they're going to sit or play all their guys. Dallas, you kind of get a sense that they're going to play all their guys. I mean, there is the possibility if they move this thing back that everybody's going to get an extra week to prepare. So uh, if I'm a head coach right now making a decision as to who to play this weekend, I'm playing everybody, right? Yeah, I think you play everybody. I mean, you know, if there's going to be if things are going to get pushed back and you know you're playing on wild card weekend, like, you know, for example, the New York Giants, they know they're locked into the sixth seed. They're playing a wild card weekend no matter what. You know, if if you've now got potentially a week to play with, you play your guys. I, I think Brian Dable, you know, and some reports out of the Giants uh, complex today basically said, look, they're playing their guys. You know, so if you've got the potential of an extra week to play with, play your players. Um, for teams like the Dallas Cowboys, you know, there's still an outside shot that they can win the East. There's an outside shot that they could get the top overall seed. So you've got something to play for. You know, when the NFL decided to, you know, move towards these, you know, sort of divisional and, you know, conference games at the end of the schedule, this is kind of what they had in mind when they made that decision to give teams something to play for, whether it's division titles like the Bengals, uh, Ravens, uh, Bengals, um, Ravens game that we were just talking about and some of these other divisional games that we're seeing this weekend. And so, you know, if you're an NFL head coach, you've probably either got something to play for or you might have that potential of an extra week to rest players. So I think you're going to, like you said, play your guys this weekend. Uh, I look at some of these teams that are still fighting for position, and uh, let's let's talk about some of the teams hotter going into the postseason right now. Jacksonville fighting for that spot against Tennessee. Give me your thoughts on, on both of those teams. It seems to me like Jacksonville. I always say at the end of the season, you got to be good, you got to be healthy, you got to be you know hot and lucky. Seems like Jacksonville has all that going on right now. Absolutely, though. Absolutely, they look like the hotter team. You know, they know what they have on offense. You know, we had to see. You know, and it was announced a couple of days ago that Tennessee Titans are going to start Josh Dobbs at the quarterback position this weekend. And so you look at what, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars have done down the stretch, the way that they've played, the way that that offense has sort of come together, the way that Trevor Lawrence is looking like the quarterback that we thought he was coming out of Clemson. And the other side of the ball, you're seeing a team in Tennessee that, you know, they're down to their basically third-string quarterback. You know, they're giving him a start in a must-win game on the road Everything seems to line up favorably for Jacksonville in this game. And what's interesting is the Jags can theoretically get in, even if they lose. You know, there's a scenario where Pittsburgh, New England, Miami, if they all lose, even if Jacksonville loses, they'd get in. All teams would be sitting at eight and nine, but they'd get in on the tiebreaker for the best record in the AFC. Jacksonville's played really well down the stretch. Doug Peterson deserves a ton of credit for what he's done with Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence looks fantastic. That team looks great. And I really expect Jacksonville to win and win that division on Saturday night. Uh, I really like, obviously, Buffalo. I like uh, Cincinnati, both of those teams going into the season. Cincinnati being the defending AFC champion. Buffalo, my pick to win it all. But you can't ignore quietly, and I shouldn't say quietly, with 13 wins, but Kansas City has just picked up where they left off. They just do their thing. They didn't miss a beat after losing Tariq Hill. Their defense wasn't great in the beginning of the season, but they're playing much, much better now. What has been the turnaround that has kept Kansas City so incredibly steady? Well, I mean, I think a lot of it still starts with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, when you see him, and I know he had some mistakes, interceptions the past couple of weeks, but he is, you know, we grade him on a different level because there are things that he still does that wow us, of course, 
But then there are some of the little things that he does, pocket movement, moving defenders with his eyes. He's so effective. And the big question going in, like you mentioned, the loss of Hill to Miami, how are they going to generate explosive plays? He can generate them. You know, he can create space in the pocket. He can create awesome structure outside the pocket. The relationship between him and Travis Kelsey, they are always on the same page. There was a play in that game against Denver where, you know, Denver drops eight into coverage. Mahomes is trying to find somebody that's open. And the second he starts to move in the pocket, you can see from the end zone angle of it, Kelsey just mirror him and break. You know, it's like they're of the same mind on these plays. And that's always impressive to watch. Like you said, you know, the defense, you know, they've gotten better over the second half of the season, you know, but it starts with Patrick Mahomes and his ability to create explosive plays, his ability to be patient at times this year. That was a huge question mark coming into the season after how that AFC championship game ended and those drop eight coverages where he seemed to force throws at times. He's been patient. He's generated explosive plays and he gives them a chance to win every single game. I wanted to ask you is uh, right now, Baltimore suffering from not signing uh, Lamar Jackson at the beginning of the season. And I, there, there's two sides to this. And I, I know players say, well, you know, you made your bed, you know, Baltimore lying it because he doesn't want to hurt himself. Otherwise you'll use the knee against him. But then again, I, I you know, look at what Denver did and they gave, you know, uh, you know, Russell Wilson all the money and now they regret it to death. So I, I don't fault anybody here, but are they paying the price for not signing Lamar Jackson at the beginning of the season for him not playing? I mean, there might be something to that, you know, because, But the other thing to consider is the way that Lamar plays the position, you know, the way he relies on his legs, relies on his athleticism in a similar way, create outside the pocket, create off structure. You know, he's somebody that needs to be close to 100% to be at his best. You know, that's not really unique to Lamar, but it's certainly the way they have structured that offense. So much of it begins with what he does and how creative he is. And the run game elements that you have because of Lamar Jackson, you know, they use him in the run game. And so I think that they're in a situation where, you know, they want to be sure that he's going to be as effective as he can be. They don't want to rush him back, you know, in terms of, will he sort of slow play it a bit, you know, because of the contract situation. I don't think so. I think it's a scenario, you know, having seen Lamar over the years and studied him over the years and, you know, seen him back in college, like he's a competitive guy. He wants to be out there. And so I'm sure as soon as he's cleared and close to being able to get back on the field, he's going to want to be out there. Uh, Then I want to go over to the NFC real quick. We're talking with Mark Schofield of SB Nation. Uh, We talked a little bit about Philadelphia. Is the most dangerous team in the NFC, though, San Francisco? Brock Purdy obviously has has given them a spark and energy, what have you. But with that defense and the fact that they have an energized offense, they're hoping to get Debo Samuel back by the time the postseason starts. Is that the most dangerous team in the NFC right now? I I think it's trending that way, Bill. I mean, you look at... You know, what they've done past couple of weeks with Brock Purdy, what that defense is, like you said, perhaps the best, if not one of the top three best defenses in the league. And, you know, the idea that they're going to get Debo back for a playoff run, they look to be like on the like the team that's on the NFC side that is playing the best. You know, Las Vegas, Jared Spidham, Josh McDaniels, they did some things schematically to cause some breakdowns in coverage. They did a lot with motion and eye candy. And so I'm sure going into the playoffs and teams will try to borrow those concepts to use against the 49ers. But when you take a step back and look at the rest of the NFC, like we've talked about basically all season long, 
you know, Philadelphia has questions now because of Hurts and how they've looked recently. Dallas has had some ups and downs. Minnesota has certainly had some ups and downs. I mean, there's a case to be made that after the 49ers, maybe the Packers might be, the, you know, the team that's playing the best right now with the way that they've ended their season. But I think overall, yeah, the San Francisco 49ers right now in this moment look like the most, look like the best team in the NFC. It looks like, as of right now anyway, like the Packers could, if they win, they could end up going to San Francisco, which has been kind of their nemesis and bugaboo in the postseason for the last you know four, five, six years. Uh, what would make us think that the Packers, with what limited offense, and I say that in the sense that they don't have a prolific passing game, with the limited offense they have and San Francisco's ability to stuff the run, what would make us think that this Packers team could beat San Francisco at Levi Stadium? I mean, I think when you see what the defense has done in recent weeks, and, you know, this was sort of going into the year, one of the sort of pro-Green Bay arguments. I remember making this case back in August with you. That, look, you know, maybe it takes some time for this offense to gel and Rodgers to gel with the new receivers, but that defense is going to be very good. That defense is going to give them some short fields. And now you look at the way this defense has played in recent weeks, the way they were able to sort of, you know, almost eliminate Justin Jefferson this past weekend – and now you're going up against a rookie quarterback making his first playoff start, you know, seventh round pick. There will be opportunities to create plays on the defensive side of the ball that, yes, if you don't have the prolific passing game you've seen from Green Bay in years past, and, you know, San Francisco certainly good at stopping a run game, which in recent weeks has really come together since the bye. But if you've got some short fields to play with, if you've got, you know, some starting field position that's near the 50 on a number of your drives, that's going to put you in a position to win that game. And so, you know, that's what I look at at a potential Green Bay-San Francisco matchup. The way this defense has played in recent weeks, that might be sort of the equalizer in that matchup. Create some turnovers or some mistakes from Brock Purdy. Give Aaron Rodgers some short fields. That's a winning recipe. Mark, great stuff as always, Pi. I appreciate it. And we'll talk again next week as we get all of this worked out with uh, this extra game and whether or not uh, the postseason's all settled or not by then. So we'll chat at that point in time. Okay, appreciate it, bud. Thanks so much, Bill. Have a great week. Absolutely. There you go. That's our buddy Mark Schofield from SB Nation joining us for a couple of minutes uh, on the highlight. It's, it's, yeah, until you know what, and again, uh, the likelihood is that um, – you know, as long as you take money out of the equation, the likelihood is they'll just go by winning percentage and such, and that's the way they'll they'll seed out the AFC. But um, yeah, it's uh, it, and you hate to think that money's going to play into it, but money plays into everything, unfortunately. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Um, I want to get into the whole Skip Bayless thing when we come back because Skip's a guy that we love to hate on, and I wrote something yesterday, and it is. And, and people are reading it a certain way, and it's not. And I, I wanted to talk about it. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. something going on this weekend uh, fantastic but if you don't our friends at curly's waterfront pub and grill want to remind you that they are uh they got uh, meat raffles and such going on they have tickets that they're giving away i know they have uh, entertainment this weekend as well 
And they're always they're always doing something, uh, always giving away tickets to, to whatever event is going on. And they also wanted me to remind you that, uh, hey, Sunday night, come on out for the game. Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill, right, right there on Pewaukee Lake. Stop in, say hi. They always have something good going on. All right, I wanted to bring this up because it, it's, you know, sometimes we read things and we say, okay, this is what we want to see. And sometimes we read it and we're like, okay, uh, it's exactly what it is. Yesterday... I uh, I wrote a piece over on uh, the Facebook fan page, and uh, I posted what Skip Bayless, and I purposefully put the time on it, or I left the time on it as well, but I, I, I went, because I didn't want to get into the Skip Bayless thing yesterday, but Skip Bayless said the other night, on Monday night, he said, no doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game, but how? This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which uh, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. Okay? So the first portion of this is all about the game and magnitude in the season, and then at the very end, it's which suddenly seems irrelevant. That was the tweet that pissed a lot of people off. And some of you have said exactly what the issue is. They said, well, he's right. We were, He just said what we were all thinking. Right, but you didn't say it. The time on that, the time stamp is 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Did you see that? While DeMar Hamlin was laying on the field, getting CPR to get his heart started again, that's when Skip tweeted. It's What he said is not erroneous. It's when he said it. It's when he said it. When everybody else is praying for a guy, guys are crying. There's clearly something more significant going on than just an injury. And that's what Skip tweeted out at that point, point in time. That's why people were upset. And what, so people that are responding to this, and there's over 250 comments, people that are responding to this, you missed the point. You missed the point. It's, 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 I, I left the time on there on purpose. And that's where the arguments have begun. You know, people say, well, let me start by this. I personally can't stand Skip Bayless on, uh, you know, on face. His thoughts seem inconsiderate, but what part of it isn't true? It's not about what isn't true. That, you, you know, okay, take take that example. Suppose, let, let's just take it to extreme. At that point in time, let's say you're sitting in your house and you've got a loved one. Say your mom's next to you and she keels over dead. Is it appropriate at that point in time for somebody to go, you know, I'm kind of hungry? It's true. You're saying what you're thinking, but it's completely inappropriate. Same thing here. You don't, it's not about the game at that point. There is not one player, coach, front office person at that point in time worried specifically about the game. And if they are, they're not saying it because the consideration is for the player that's fighting for their life on the field. That's the point. That's the point. There's a huge, we talked about the human equation yesterday. We talked about the human equation yesterday. 
And there are certain things we look at players and such, and we just they're, they're commodities, they're pieces of meat. Go back to what uh, Ryan Clark had said: the next time you got a fantasy guy, and you say, "Oh, this guy's worthless; he's a bum." Now you've got the human equation to throw into this. This is something now that you can actually tangibly think about because you've seen life go out of a person on a football field and have to be resuscitated and brought back, placed into one ambulance and go to ICU at a care center. That's the point. Right? You know, okay, take it to another extreme. And and Angie says, great analogy. She says, I work at a bank. Okay, let's say you work at a bank. Let's say you work at a bank, your coworker next to you. You know, you two are you two are sitting there having your day. You're both dealing money out, people are coming in, you're good to go. Your coworker says, you know, I'm kinda I don't feel good. Stands up, next thing you know, keels over. You you, you think to yourself, I gotta call home, probably gonna be late tonight. This is a tragic thing, but you don't go, jeez, I'm gonna have to work overtime. Right? You didn't start out your day thinking that, but now you're thinking, I got to work. But you don't say it because that's the time not to, right? Thomas, you know, what? what he talks about the NFL being all deception. It, are you that stupid? You know, are, are you really... Uh, Thomas, you're you're gone, man. You're off the chat and you're banned forever. Goodbye. Uh, it just it, it, there are certain things that you just don't do at certain times, and that was my point in all of this. Um, when we come back, you're going to hear the arrogance of Skip Bayless, and from a player's perspective of Shannon Sharp on this, because yesterday. Shannon Sharp did not appear on the show, and many wondered why. And you're going to hear a very awkward exchange between these two. And and you, you have to see it. I'll even post it over on the Facebook fan page. But you're going to hear an awkward exchange between these two. So it's it's and I'll explain it when I come back, but it kind of gives gives credence to and a little bit of understanding as to what it is I'm kind of talking about. Stay tuned. We got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael show this portion of the program brought to you by our good friends at Potawatomi Hotel Casino. Bingo is back. It's a new year. You can be heading downtown and uh, doing everything all under one roof. You can get, do the stay and play, do a little bingo, some great dinners, some great music, 360 bar. There's a- many things to do inside Potawatomi if you're going to go to downtown Milwaukee or, you know, maybe go out and enjoy a game or something. Come back, do a little gaming yourself, stay overnight. Good stuff from our friends over there at Potawatomi Hotel Casino. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show is next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. for a place to hold a meeting, a wedding, and to do it somewhat inexpensive, but still get into a really beautiful, old, eclectic building in uh, Milwaukee. The Irish Cultural and Heritage Center say, hey, 
Uh, our, our our casa is your casa. There you go. <laughs> I don't think they say that in in Irish uh, in Ireland, but <laughs> nevertheless, uh, check out our friends at the Irish Cultural and Heritage Center. It's uh, right on Wisconsin Avenue. It's beautiful. Whether it's an upstairs meeting room, downstairs in the hall, go and check it out. See uh, that that beautiful hall. That beautiful picture they have. Uh, on their uh, on their website, go to ichc.net. That's ichc.net. You can donate. You can uh, book a wedding there. Uh, just get a hold of our buddy Corey. Just contact him. Get a hold of, uh, of Corey directly. You can do that. 414-345-8800. 414-345-8800. Again, 414-345-8800. Beautiful place. If you want to hold a party, you want to do, you know, whatever. They got it going on down there. 414-345-8800. Beautiful, beautiful place. The Irish Cultural and Heritage Center. Uh, Irish Culture and Heritage uh, Premier Venue. Downtown Milwaukee for Irish activities. They have concerts. It doesn't have to be Irish, but it can be. Uh, they can host your wedding, reception, all that kind of good stuff. Meetings, parties. They've got it all. And a beautiful concert hall. Beautiful. 414-345-8800. There you go. So... Uh, I was over on uh, the Facebook fan page, and I was I was reading a lot of the comments, and and I just keep telling people it's not what was said. It, you got to look at the time at which it was said. You know, it, it it's it's you have to understand the timing of it, which is what a lot of people, uh, specifically players, took exception with. Now, I'm going to set this up for you. We all know the Skip and Shannon show or Shannon and Skip, whatever. And I'm not a fan, okay, I, by any stretch. I, 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 don't, I don't really listen. I don't really care for him. Uh, not a big fan of that. However, Shannon Sharp was absent yesterday. And there was a thought that this was one of the reasons why. And it gets tenuous and tension-filled and awkward really fast today. And this is what I'm saying. It wasn't the thought that Skip had. It was the fact that he expressed it while uh, Hamlin was laying on the carpet motionless, which is why the timing of the tweet is so vital to this. Take a listen to this exchange. It's good to see you, Shannon. I understand you have something you want to share this morning. Good morning, yes. Good morning. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation of why I wasn't on air yesterday, and I won't get into speculation or conjecture or innuendo, but I will say this. In watching that game on Monday night, uh, what happened to DeMar Hamlin struck me a little different. Um, as a brotherhood in the NFL, when injuries happen, when we know injuries are a part of the game, I've seen guys suffer ACLs and Achilles tear, but I've never seen anybody have to be revived and fight for their life on the field. So it struck me a little differently because I remember seeing my brother paralyzed on the field temporarily, and he was able to regain focus. Um, Skip tweeted something, and although I disagree with the tweet, uh, and, and uh, hopefully uh, Skip would take it down, but I didn't want it. Well, yep. time out, time out. I'm not going to take it down because okay. I stand by okay. what I tweeted. Skip, let me okay. finish. Let me, All right, okay. Go ahead. No, you go. Go ahead, let's go, Jen. Okay. I mean, I cannot even get through a monologue without you interrupting okay. me. Well, you could have came back, Skip. Well, I thought, Skip, just let me. I didn't I, know I, you were going to bring no, up No, this. I was just going to say, Skip, I didn't want to yesterday to get into a situation where DeMar Hamlin was the issue. We should have been talking about him and not get into okay. your not get into your, uh, your tweet. That's what I was going to do. But you can't even let me finish my opening monologue without you interrupting. Okay. I was under the impression you weren't going to bring this up because nobody here had a problem with no, that tweet. No. Clearly, the bosses wanted you to offer explanations, so clearly... No, they did not have... Nobody... Let's go, Jay. 
Thoughts and prayers remain with Damar Hamlin. That's where the focus should have been and not on the football game. Yes, let's go, Jen. Thank you. So there you go. That's And then they go on with the show. But Skip Bayless, in his arrogance, would said, I'm not taking it down. I'm not going to do it. I don't care if it's bad timing or bad taste or, you know. And you know, as Skip said, nobody around here has a problem with it. I, there were a lot of people, if you watched, uh, if you were on Twitter, as many of us were, because Twitter has become, Twitter has become a place of vast negativity. I understand that. But it's also a place of a lot of news, breaking news. That's what it's been more used for. You, it, it started out as kind of a platform to have a, a quick expression, you know, and follows and all that kind of stuff. And then now, now Instagram's really kind of taken that over. But what Twitter's become is a newsbreaker. It's become a news cycle. Um, so while Hamlin was laying on the field, I think we were all paying attention to our phones or our computers, laptops, whatever. You had Twitter up and running because you were trying to see from people that were actually there, reporters that were there, you were looking for information. That's what we do. Uh, we're just naturally curious in many different in many different facets. So when that tweet came out, I was, and I saw it. I, I mean, I follow Skip because of some of the craziness that he says, which I, I probably shouldn't because it irritates the hell out of me, but that's a topic for another day. But I'm sitting there on the couch and I'm watching all of this unfold and it's just a, it's, it's a terrible situation and there's an emotion to it. And then that came came across just like a minute or two after he was laying on the field and, and you're seeing them quickly, I mean, go to work on him. And they take a break from commercial, and then they go back to commercial. And and, and that doesn't happen. You know just by the, 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 the tenor of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman's voice when they said, we're going to go back to commercial, we'll be right back. They, there was no, we'll be back with, you know, Bengals and Buffalo Bill, you know, none of that. It was, it was, there's something serious here. And then that tweet came out. It's not what he said. It's the timing of when he said it. So that's what a lot of people have had problems with. And Skip doesn't care, doesn't give a damn about it. But people that understand it now go, oh, okay, now the tweet itself is, you're right, it's, there's, 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 nothing, there's nothing horrific there. But it's when it was tweeted, and that's what a lot of people have a problem with, is just the crassness of Skip Bayless, the crassness of I don't give a damn what you think, I'm going to do what I want to do and nobody's going to tell me anything different. That's the problem that people have with him. So that's the reason I wanted to bring it up, because it became a topic, of a large topic of discussion over on the Facebook fan page, and I just wanted to address it. But uh, today, because I saw a lot of people's reaction to it, but today that kind of came to a head, because now you get to see from a player's perspective saying, man, I saw my own brother laying on the field motionless in Sterling Sharp when Shannon said that. And then granted, he came back, and but he was paralyzed for a moment. And I watched him lay on the carpet. And we've all seen that. But this was a guy actually getting CPR fighting for his life. And the game doesn't mean anything. You don't even think about the game. And Skip basically says, well, so what? They, they got a decision to make. And that's where the tension becomes real. So that's it. Um, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You want to find us, please feel free. Nate says, I saw the tweet when it came out. I, too, follow Skip Bayless. I thought it was wrong at the time, but then again, Skip is wrong most of the time, and I can't stand him. 
Yes, my bias probably played into it, but I still think he needs to go. Uh, they're not going to fire him. Otherwise, they would have already. They would have suspended him had they had they really wanted him gone. But I, he's not going anywhere. And that's why I said yesterday in, in what I wrote, and if you want to read it and want to see it and such, go over to the Facebook fan page. It's there. But basically what I said was, it, it, and he's walked up to the line many times, and in this particular situation with his streaming of thought and actually writing it out. And, and the, the worst part about it was he said his tweet was misconstrued and misinterpreted. No, it wasn't. He's a writer. He's a former paper newspaper writer. It wasn't mis. He, he knows better than that to say that. That's a joke. But to say it was misconstrued, no, it wasn't. You 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 typed it out. You read it. You hit send for the world to see. So I, I just simply said, in my opinion, this incident just proves that Skip Bayless is nothing more than a blowhard coward who doesn't deserve our attention. Not I'm not calling for anybody to be fired, but I'm just saying he doesn't deserve the attention turn away. So that was it. Uh, there you have it. Let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. We'll put the kind of the show back on the tracks. But I wanted you to hear that because I thought that was a very, very interesting exchange from the perspective of which I was writing yesterday. So we could kind of explain that. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers host the Lions on Sunday Night Football. After releasing Amari Rodgers in November, the Packers' Keyshawn Nixon has become the hottest kickoff returner in the NFL. Nixon, who returned a kick against the Vikings for 105 yards for a touchdown, says he feeds off the energy of the fans at Lambeau Field, and he has some help downfield. Man, it's the blockers. It's like, all I can do, all I can do is run straight. I literally didn't have to do nothing but make the kicker miss. But I can hear at, like the, stand, the fans when I'm running, so they kind of turn me up. And uh, I hear them, and that turns me up. Packers linebacker Preston Smith told head coach Matt LaFleur. I think after we scored on offense, I had asked Matt, I said, have you ever been, have you ever coached a game where y'all scored in every phase? And he was like, no. But that's that's pretty cool, man. You know, Keyshawn Nixon, explosive guy on our kickoff return, getting that touchdown. Darnell with the pick six. You know, a lot of those guys getting intercepts, but the pick six was key. You know, Aaron, those guys going down and putting the points up on the board, man, and, and giving us room you know, to be us and, and to let loose on defense. And many of the Packers expressing their concerns for Bill's safety, DeMar Hamill, hospitalized since Monday night, including Aaron Rodgers, who said on the McAfee show he was watching Monday night football. He texted Bill's quarterback and his golfing buddy, Josh Allen. I reached out to Josh uh, right away. I didn't expect a response. He, he actually texted me back from the locker room, you know, just because he's a close friend. And I just felt for him watching his face and putting myself in their shoes to watch somebody you love on the ground. CPR. I mean, that's when it gets real. Like, they're fighting to save this guy's life, not in the locker room or at the, in the hospital, like on the field. I can't even imagine what I'd be like to go through. So really tough night. I mean, I was shook up. That's Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. If, uh, well, it's gotten a little bit warmer outside. I know it's going to be cooler. It's not going to be frigid. But if uh, you're a golfer and you're uh, looking for uh, the ability to keep that swing intact, 
telling you, head down to Lux Golf Bays in Franklin, Wisconsin, and you're going. You're looking at me like, Bill, I'm not going to a driving range in the wintertime. Oh, you can because they blast in the heat. Oh, it's so nice. Go to LuxGolfBays.com and see what I'm talking about. L-U-X-E, LuxGolfBays.com in Franklin. It is fantastic. As a matter of fact, next week I'm going to head down there myself and uh, get a few swings in. Uh, take Just meeting a couple of friends and going to hang out for a little while. But LuxGolfBays.com, that's LuxGolfBays.com, and uh, get a group together. You can rent a bay. You can play against one another if you choose to do so. Or you can just go down and work on your own, work on your own swing. But LuxGolfBays.com, L-U-X-E, LuxGolfBays.com. Again, LuxGolfBays.com down in Franklin. It is, if you're a golfer or you just want to go out and have some fun. Uh, you know what's become a thing? Ben, have you seen the video, speaking of golf, uh, Have you? it's either girls' golf swings or hot girls' golf swings or something like that. Have you seen that where these girls get dressed up like they're going clubbing in New York and they go to like places like this where they go to like Lux Golf Bays and then they do TikTok videos of them swinging golf clubs and hitting balls? No, but I'm yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I must say it's like a thing now. Yeah, it's like a thing now. <laughs> well, so it was weird because when we were down there, um, we took the kids over to the uh, the the ski, uh, sledding hill. Uh, next door and you see all these uh, like this group of girls there's like six of them and they get out of this car and the the one girl has one club and they're all dressed in like dr- like new year's eve mini dresses and they're going into lux golf base it's become a thing I, and i i gotta look i'll find out what the exact uh, site is but it's tiktok stuff that they're doing now where they're just Swinging golf clubs and are video, you know, videoing each other and TikToking each other, all that kind of stuff. It's a thing now. Who knew? Idea. Who knew? Yes. Maybe that's what the Brewers need to fill the ballpark. Late uh, September. Girls, girl, you know, girls in mini dresses TikToking at the X Golf in American Family Field. Just wondering, yeah. wondering out loud. There you go. I, that might not be a bad way to go. I mean, they're not spending the be- money on the players. That would be the best off-season signing they have. <laughs> right there. Just thought I'd throw it out there. I would, I, frankly, I would change my tone on Dan Arnold instantly. Yeah. You know, you didn't pick up any players, but oh, you got some players. Better than Stearns. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seven. If you want to find us, please feel free. Give us a shout. Uh, so coming up after the top of the hour, Here's a question for you, and this is a good one you you posed, Ben. So I'll give you credit for it. So why don't why don't you ask the question? Since you uh, you're the one that floated it over to me, and I thought that's not a bad way to go. So when I think game to game, right, the Packers, how we think about the team has definitely changed. Like they are a better team than they were two months ago, six weeks ago. But right. you look at the matchup with the Vikings, and I think the game was undeniably affected by the Vikings backup center going out and then also starting tackle. Like they just couldn't run anything. A lot of pre-snap penalties they, their line had no answer for the Packers. TJ Slayton played great as you mentioned, but the question is, and how I think about this weekend was Sunday against the Vikings, a, a solid day for a still average Packers defensive front as we've seen throughout this season, or is it uh, the continuation of Five weeks of good play, and is this front now well-equipped to face what is a very physical and run-heavy Lions offense? That would be a discussion of 
and I hate to say this, take it a step further. Do you now believe in what Joe Barry is doing and that the players are buying in? So therefore you now have a different look at the defense via Joe Barry's job. I think it's right? valid. Oh yeah, definitely. I I I think that it pains me to say it, but it, it, I think it's a legitimate discussion. Now, I'm going to reserve the the right to um express myself here until after the top of the hour to get into this discussion, but if the defense continues to progress and the fact ever since the fourth quarter of the Bears game, the defense has played really well. And one of the comments made to Mike Clemens in the locker room on Sunday night was, because Mike said, you know, is it press man? What are you guys doing? And they said, no, nah, we're still doing a lot of things similar, but guys are buying in. We got together as a group. So all season long is what you're saying is that people weren't buying in. For whatever reason, right? People weren't buying in. And now people are buying in to what he was saying. So is it the players buying in that got better? Because they're actually running what Matt LaFleur wanted or uh, what uh, Joe Barry wanted them to run? Or is it that they finally just said, hey, we're just going to do our own thing, but we're all going to do our own thing and be good. So was it? the defensive coordinator or, or or what 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 was it what was it and if it's just guys buying in then don't you have to say yeah if you're buying into the, the this situation then that means that Joe Barry's defense actually works you're just running it to effectiveness now right 8778671670 Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. It's 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 something that you have now. Again, I'm going to reserve my right because I got a, I got a I got a precursor to this coming up, and I want to have a, an explanation coming up after the after the top of the hour. But it's something that you have to have to consider. You have to think about. I I think it can Bill be tied directly. You want to look college football lens. I think Ohio State was a great team that had a bad quarter and a half against Michigan. And I think we saw mm-hmm. against Georgia that they still are a great team. They weren't just bad because Michigan exposed them. They just had a bad half. I think the question mm-hmm. is, was what we just saw a good month plus from a bad defensive coordinator and an average defense, or was the start of the season just a rough stretch from a good DC? Yeah. If that makes let's, sense. Let's talk about that when we come back because I, I wanna I wanna get into this discussion. 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. Hit us up. If you uh got a comment regarding this, regarding the defense, regarding Joe Barry and such, I want to hear from you. This portion of the program being brought to you by our friends over there at New Mail Medical Center, treating guys with E D all over the state of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders. And if you're thinking about, say you have low T and you don't know, but you're feeling moody, feeling tired, feeling sluggish, putting on weight, okay, stop in, get your numbers checked. Takes you maybe 10, 15 minutes, tops, tops. Otherwise, you stop over and you go, you know what, I, I want to jump in on the all-in-one weight loss program. Or maybe I'm just not feeling great. Can you, you know, provide what whatever supplement my body is in need of? They can take, they can check out. It's just basically a, a good overview, top to bottom of what you got going on, and they can help you out. But you can't do anything if you don't call. 
you can't do anything if you don't call. 414-455-4451. And then they get, then they get you back on track. You start feeling good. And you're like, okay, now I got it going on. Again, 414-455-4451. 414-455-4451. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up, and it's coming up next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.